Hello and welcome to The Blonde Commentary, exploring modern masculinity through faith. My name is Trey Orndorff, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, it's very nice to have you join us as we sit down and figure out what it means to live a gospel-centered life as a young person. If you joined us last week, I actually started a series on talking about relying on the Lord. And last week, we talked a lot about how it is in the Lord that we can truly put all of our faith and trust because he will provide for us in all of our needs, as long as we seek first the kingdom of God. And so if you enjoyed what we had to say there and you're looking for more, I'm actually very excited to be sitting down with my good friend Luke this week, uh, where we're just going to talk about worry, something that I believe I personally can very much relate to uh, as someone who has dealt with that a lot. And I believe that it's not too uncommon in terms of the condition for young people and for even young men. So, hey, Luke, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on, man. And as somebody who also deals with worry, it's I'm some it's, I'm very excited to be able to talk about this today. Um, as Trey said, I'm Luke, and I'm a senior at the University of Alabama. Um, been involved at a church startup called Church of the Oaks here, and it's really taught me a lot about how to follow the Lord, and it's challenged me in so many really cool ways. But um, I'm an, I'm honored to be on this podcast because I've been in small groups with Trey Lee. I've seen um, the Lord use him in so many incredible ways. And so it's really cool to get to be a part of something like this. Um, thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's uh, when I was looking uh, and trying to figure out, this is a topic that I've wanted to talk about for a very, very long time. And I was just looking around and seeing, and I know that we've had a lot of talks about, mm-hmm. you know, your yeah. own personal struggles with that, uh, something that I believe that we both can relate to mm-hmm. uh, and relate on very much. So again, thank you so very much for choosing to come on here and just uh, share a little bit of your own story and your own experience. For sure. So yeah. So I guess one question I wanted to start us off with today is just about the human condition. So why do you believe that worry in and of itself is so I guess, ingrained into what the human condition is. Yeah, man, it all starts from our fallen, broken nature. And it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about because if you break down worry into what it is, it's something that none of us obviously want to be experiencing. It's not fun. It's not convenient. It honestly makes life a whole lot harder, Mm -hmm. but it's something that happens to all of us. And I think it really stems from that brokenness stemming from the fall. And I think... When it comes to worry, when you think about what you tend to worry about, it all comes from a place of pride for us. Like we want to hold on to something that maybe is not what we ultimately need to be seeking after, right? So to put, I guess, a a little picture in your minds, hopefully, like as a student at the University of Alabama, grades are very important for me, right? And so in my classes, I can often get sidetracked from life because I'm trying to get the grades and I'm trying to get all the assignments done and everything. And sometimes you can go a little bit overboard, not that it's a bad thing to I focus on that, your yeah. schoolwork, but you can go a little bit overboard in the sense that like you don't necessarily focus on the Lord and make him the priority in those situations. And when that happens, you find yourself stressing and agonizing over what needs to get done, when it needs to get done, and worrying about the quality of that work. And ultimately, that's not something that we were ever supposed to have to feel. When you look at the Garden of Eden, that was a picture of peace and tranquility, which I'll talk a little bit more about hopefully later on the podcast, because I think that peace is a huge component in overcoming worry. 
but God just wanted to exist with Adam and Eve and have that close relationship. And when we bring something else into the picture for Adam and Eve through their pride and their greed, it was the fruit from this tree that was extremely appealing to them. They wanted to have that in their lives and didn't really care what God had to say about it. And it drove a wedge. And worry ultimately comes from something that is driving a wedge between us and God. It's not a natural feeling that we're supposed to have, but it's a part of the human condition because we live in a fallen, broken, and sinful world, unfortunately. It's it's tough, but unfortunately, that's just kind of the reality that we have to deal with. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, no, I... I honestly couldn't have put it better myself. I know uh, last week we, when you mentioned a little bit about peace there, uh, last mm-hmm. week we had touched on Psalm 34 about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good and just talking about going through all of those different promises that we see throughout the Bible about what God is able to provide for us in spite of the fact that we all really want to make our own plans or have everything figured out. I believe it's just so powerful to go and remind ourselves of what that piece is. And uh, if you haven't already listened to the episode, uh, this is kind of a little shameless plug for me, but I highly recommend going and checking out episode six, which is now live on the podcast, streaming on all platforms right now. Uh, but yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for shedding some light on that. Um, but yes, I would say now moving into maybe some more some more personal things for mm-hmm. you. So if you'd like to share, just what do you believe like worries you the most mm-hmm. in life? For sure. And so going back to what I talked about earlier and how worry seems to stem from a place of pride or greed, health is my biggest worry by far. And it really impacts a lot of what I do on a daily basis, whether good or bad, because it's something that I want to control because ultimately we're all going to die one day. And I had some childhood um, trauma that I went through. My mom had a disease that, I mean, she still has it. And she's gotten better with how she's handled it and everything, but it still made her life a lot harder than it was. And I've Mm -hmm. seen loved ones go through some really hard things. And so it got to a point where I was really trying to white knuckle my health and just control it. But it was just like sand running through my hands, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when it comes to health, it's something that, we ultimately need to trust God with. But since I myself am afraid that maybe his plan is not my plan, right? Maybe he asked me to walk through something that's a little bit harder than I would like to go through and things won't be always super easy. That's where the worry comes from because I want something that maybe God doesn't have planned for me. And that's really all a part of like overcoming worry and truly surrendering it to God. Like, to be absent of worry is to be trusting in the Lord as a Christian. Yeah. And I think that without that reliance on the Lord, you can never truly be free from that. And so that's one thing that I've um, experienced. It's still easier said than done. Hey, I hear you. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. No, I, I really like the way that you put that. What was, what was it? Uh, to be absent from worry is to be trusting in God. I really like that because that's, I think that's something that's very applicable just to our lives, something that we can really think about very quickly, what it would be like to actually be free of worry. Mm -hmm. I know for me as someone to talk about a little bit of my experience where I've can relate to you very much there growing up, I've always been the kind of person that loves to plan five or six steps ahead of everything Mm -hmm. because I like everything to go exactly right. 
And being a planner and being fairly type A, that just comes fairly naturally to me. But I would say that that's not necessarily the most conducive to a lot of things because we honestly can never really know what is going to happen in our Mm -hmm. lives. There's only one person that does know, and he is the author and creator of the world, right? And so for me, it's very easy from a logical standpoint to go and to say like, well, if God's going to provide for all of our needs, then of course... I have nothing to worry about because Mm -hmm. he's there and he's just going to do that, right? But I think it's kind of interesting that even with all of that logical process that we still as humans go about and are still so hell-bent on creating our own plans Mm -hmm. or doing whatever. I know that's definitely something for me, something that I've been personally struggling with a lot and God has really been working on my heart as of late as I've been finishing my undergraduate degree here, moving on to medical school, just trying to figure out how to let go and let God, as I heard it said uh, at one point. Yeah, it's it's a great saying for uh, for great reasons. But but yeah, I guess going off of what I was just saying there. So in spite of what the word does tell us in terms of, you know, trusting in God or everything like Mm -hmm. that, which we'll touch on more of Mm -hmm. what the word actually says. But in spite of what it says, why do you believe that it's so easy for people like either yourself or like me to just ignore the promises of God and subject ourselves to different worries? Yeah, man, I want to answer this question with a little bit of an illustration almost. Think about a, a child, right? Children love sweets. They love treats. If you were to put a piece of candy in front of them and be like, hey, you can have this now. You can eat this at this very moment. Or I could leave the room, come back in 10 minutes, and if you have any in it, I'm going to give you two more pieces, hmm. right? What would the child do? A lot of times they're not going to be able to wait that amount of time, and they're going to go ahead and eat the candy instead. Yeah, It's that instant gratification, and I feel like that's kind of the same when it comes to our walk with God and trusting him. Because since we're in this short temporary life, it's hard for us to have that eternal mindset and surrender things to the Lord, knowing that in the next life, we're going to be with him forever and we're not going to have to worry about anything. But in the here and now, there's a lot of pressing issues due to our brokenness that we just really, we we ultimately dwell on them. And since they're right in front of us, they get a lot of our attention and just, just like Peter, when he steps out of the boat, he's walking on water towards Jesus. Like he's literally doing the thing. I mean, a human being walking on water is insane. It's true. Yeah. But it doesn't um, happen every day. It's it's happened twice. Jesus did it. And then Peter did it briefly while he was trusting in Jesus. But the problem was what happened, right? He took his eyes off of Jesus, looked around at the world and then began to sink. And isn't that just like our state of being? Isn't that just like how, when we worry, like we start to sink. And so I think that that's ultimately why we don't necessarily like trust in God and his plan and his promises for our lives is because we get distracted because we're blown to and fro by the winds of life constantly. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we maintain the perspective that we need to have, which man, it's, it's a very frustrating thing as a person to go through that. And as a Christian to be aware that that's kind of what's going on, but I guess the best thing about being imperfect is that you can keep striving towards perfection endlessly, right? And that's mm-hmm. that process of sanctification that the Absolutely. Lord promises us. Yeah. No, I think that's such a beautiful promise, uh, that whole process of sanctification. Uh, it's 
not anything that we could ever really do by ourselves in the same mm-hmm. way that the only reason we worry is because we're truly relying on ourselves for all of the answers, right? We're trying to put together a puzzle without all the pieces uh, is probably the best way that I can put it. But I think that's so cool. And thank you so much for bringing up that, uh, the not example of Peter there. I think that is a, I think a lot of our viewers out there, myself included, uh, can really relate to the story yeah. of Peter and what that is. Peter is such a, he's such an amazing example that I feel like most people can relate to. Like, um, I'm a member of the Alabama Navigators, which Trey also is. And at our leadership team meeting a couple of weeks ago, we were asked, um, what character from the Bible do you relate the most to? And I said, Peter with my answer, because I just feel like I see so much of not only myself, but just the world in general in him, how he's running so hard after Jesus. But at the same time, he's putting his eggs in all the wrong baskets consistently. And the duality of that is something that I definitely can relate a lot to. And I think that when you look at his journey and after Jesus ascends into heaven, and how Peter is really, like, as Jesus said, he was going to be the rock of the early church. Like he's the one who really got that started. It's it's amazing to see what the Lord did through him. And so it's encouraging for me too, knowing that if God did that for him, like surely he can do the same thing for me. And he Amen will. to that. Yeah. I think that's such a powerful example there. Um, but just diving in, actually, I was thinking uh, maybe just like a little bit more scriptural reference. So, of course, we've talked a lot about our own experience with worry or other things like that. But uh, just what what have you seen the word say about worry? I know for me personally, uh, my one reason that this is specifically a, I guess, a very... This is a topic I was very, very excited about talking about is because my favorite chapter of the entire Bible is Matthew chapter six. And uh, I just I love it because not only do we get the Lord's Prayer, but we also get some of what I believe are the most powerful words that we see in terms of worry. The whole Mm -hmm. do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. The birds of the air do not reap and sow away seeds Mm -hmm. for the winter because they know the Lord their God will provide for them. All of these very beautiful, very visual examples Mm -hmm. of what it is to actually trust in God. But I'm I'm very thankful that we get those because it it's kind of funny to see the example that Jesus sets for us when he's here on the earth and he's preaching to people because he's preaching to us in the way that a father would teach his children. Mm-hmm. I'm not really going my dad I can tell you was not trying to go and explain these very abstract concepts to me with like actually using these big words when I was like a little kid, you know. Now Granted, I was a smart kid, but still, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't ready for all of that. Um, but as my father very much knows, but all that being said, I just find it so cool that he gives us these parables and these, I guess, uh, allegories or even just similes or metaphors. I think metaphors the word, yeah, yeah. metaphor uh, for just what it is to truly rely on him. But I was just wondering uh, if there were any other areas of the word that you just like specifically feel speak to the subject of worry. Yeah, man. So I hinted a little bit earlier that peace is often the solution for worry. I want to share a couple of verses about that and talk about a little bit more because I really feel like this is something that in my life that I've seen, even recently as I've gone through some struggles with worry myself, I've seen the Lord really speaking to me through these passages. So 
To read John 14, 27, this is Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And I think that this juxtaposition of peace, like Jesus giving his peace in this moment with telling the disciples to let their hearts not be troubled is really, really important. So when it comes to worry, you can't be at peace with God and be in a state of worry. It's just not possible. And the word peace in this context is the Greek word erene. And um, that actually means wholeness with all essential parts joined together. And so when you think about that and take that with worry, right? If you're at peace, what are all the essential parts of your life? And at the end of the day, it's just you and the Lord. Those are the only essential parts that you need in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Worry brings in a whole bunch of other things that are unessential, that are distractions, that ultimately draw you away from God. Like I mentioned earlier with Adam and Eve, I mean, insert Bible character here. They, they had a struggle with worry because they put their focus in the, the wrong place and ultimately ended up complicating things for them. And so I think that when it comes to that, we've got to be prioritizing the Lord, abiding in him. And so Philippians 4, 6 through 7 is a good passage. I'm not going to read that in its entirety, but it tells us to not be anxious. And how do we avoid the state of anxiety or worry? And Paul tells us that we've got to be constantly in prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Presenting our requests to God through prayer and supplication. We've also got to be grateful, presenting them with thanksgiving. And then the Lord's peace is going to guard our hearts. And that's a promise from God. It's not just him saying something he's not going to fulfill. Obviously, God is going to be with us. And he, he desperately wants us to lay down these burdens at his feet. He doesn't want us to carry them. I mean, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And worry is putting a burden on ourselves that we were never meant to carry. And so we've got to be abiding. We've got to be seeking out that peace because without the Lord's peace, we will always be in a state of worry. And that is, that's a fact. It's just inevitable. And so First um, Peter 5, 6, and 7 also adds one little wrinkle that I thought would be interesting to mention. And it's talking about how humility is also crucial in us being able to surrender our worries to God. Because like I mentioned earlier, pride and greed are often a part of what leads to worry because we feel like we almost deserve something that we necessarily don't or something that's unessential, but we want it because we feel like as an individual, like we got main character syndrome going on mm -hmm. and we, we really just, we want that thing or we want that promotion or the, the money or that. We want to be X, Y, or Z, like God's saying, be humble. Like, I'm going to take care of you. It may not be exactly what you want, but I can promise you it's going to be better for you because I think that you could go around and ask a lot of people and they would talk about how they deal with anxiety. They deal with depression, like worries a part of that. Like as somebody who struggled with both of those throughout my life, I feel like when I'm worrying the most that's when i'm experiencing anxiety and depression the most as well and we've got to be humble enough to go to god and be like hey god my plan for my life is not working out and i need you desperately i need your peace i need your wholeness like if you as a listener take one thing away from what i've just said it's is the idea of peace that wholeness all essential parts being joined together 
it's such a powerful picture of what God wants for us and how he's meant for us to live. But if we're in a state of worry, we're just not experiencing that. We're not experiencing the fullness of what God's intended. No, for sure. Man, those were some powerful words. Thank you very much. Yeah, the uh, you talking about the wholeness there, it uh, just brings so beautifully in my mind kind of the the image of the body of Christ in the church and how each of the different aspects of the body are vital for its survival there. And in the same way that we are all vital, we'll also all be provided for and cared for as long as we obey and listen to the head of said body, which is Jesus Christ. And it can be very easy to think of whatever plan you're making in your life as being just good enough or that's what I need to do because it's the here and now. But on, a hand can only do what it needs to do because it listens to what the brain is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing. You can only walk somewhere because your legs listen to what your head was going to say. Um, and what the king of your heart says, of course, being Jesus Christ, which I think is so, so powerful. But thank you so much for sharing that. Not a problem, man. Yeah. I think one thing also going off of this that I just think a little bit about is we talked a lot about just why there are so many reasons to fully put your trust in God. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about you, but it's still difficult at times. I don't know why. I mean, when I sit down and I think about all of it, I'm just like, all of the reasons are there, right? Mm -hmm. God is already looking out for me. God has me literally in the palm of his hand. So why am I so bound to worry? So I guess Mm -hmm. my question for you is, what would it actually look like to fully trust in God? Isn't it insane that God proves himself to be faithful every single time without fail? And we still, as people have that short-sighted mentality thinking that we for whatever reason can do it on our own without considering the fact that we're on the we're on a ball in the middle space that's just like the perfect distance from the sun rotating at the right speed tilted perfectly with a moon that's the perfect size to get the tides and everything going to Mm -hmm. sustain life on this planet and we think that we have some semblance of control over our (laughs) lives it's crazy but um we like to think that we, we try and I think one person who really had that down almost better than anybody else, like you look at Hebrews 11, which is kind of the faith hall of fame of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Most of that chapter is talking about this one man, Abraham. And I think that he's a really, really good case study for what it looks like to fully trust in the Lord and to actually live out that surrender. One of um, my favorite bands of all time, the Newsboys, they have the song called Live With Abandon. And that's a phrase that I love. Abraham truly exemplified it. He did live with abandon. The abandon of leaving this life, counting it as nothing, and following after the Lord. Because he was a wealthy man living in Ur. He had riches upon riches, so much livestock. He had a beautiful wife. He had family members in the area. And God calls him and he's like, hey, Abraham, or Abram at the time, like I need you to uproot your entire life and just go where I tell you to. God didn't even tell him the final destination. He's just like, go. And he was like, okay. Like think about how insane that is. I mean, to literally leave behind, or I mean, he brought it all with him, but to leave behind the safety and security 
that he had in this one place to pack it all up and just go and trust that the Lord was going to take care of him is crazy. And what happened? Like the man didn't have a son. God provided for him a son. He provided the descendants that he promised. He brought him and his family to the promised land. And through that, God provided a savior to free us of our sins. And I think that Abraham is the epitome of what it looks like to trust in God. And trust is really this idea that we are surrendering, right? There cannot be trust if there's no surrender in it. And he exemplifies this. And I think that as a Christian walking through life, like I've got grad school after this year, but I mean, after that, there's looking for jobs. Where am I going to go? There's all these different moving parts. And for you, I mean, you've got a lot on your plate coming up as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's so interesting thinking about all of that. Uh, I think, again, you just put it so wonderfully when you're just like, trust requires full surrender. And it's interesting, I think, as a part of the human condition, because we are so ingrained with the thought that trust is a two-way street Mm -hmm. and that it requires a give and a take when really at the end of the day true trust in the one that can provide everything only requires our give because god does not take he gives and also think about it when abraham and god are making this covenant right god passes through and if abraham's about to pass through to take up his end of the covenant he falls into a deep sleep and then God passes through again, taking it fully upon himself to uphold the covenant entirely because he knew that Abraham wouldn't be able to do it. Right. And I think that that also goes to show that like God deserves our trust because he knows that we are so flawed and frail and honestly pathetic. I mean, we as people don't really do a whole lot. Right. Sure. And God was like, I, I still love you and I've got this. I just need you to trust me. And Abraham did. And God honored his end of the covenant. So what's stopping us from believing the same thing? Because we serve the exact same God that he did. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can take that one to the bank, man. Like it's, he is faithful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think uh, just a question going off of that too is uh, what things do you think hold you back personally from fully trusting in God? I know for me, as I've mentioned previously, it's my, I often blame it on my type A personality that really loves to have this, this super elaborate plan for everything that will happen and could possibly happen. Call it what you will, but I don't know. I feel like that might be a little bit of a cop-out answer. So I <laughs> guess for you, what would you say are some things that you feel are truly holding you back from placing your full trust in God? I think the ultimate thing is I want control. And I have a a plan for how I would like for my life to go. I feel like everybody does more or less. But for me, it's hard to fully surrender that to God because I'm like, well, what if he doesn't want that exact same thing for me? What if my life turns out completely differently than I ever imagined it? And that's a scary thought. But the problem with that way of thinking is that I think that my way is better. And it's just, it's not. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, 11, it's, it's so overquoted because I, people take it out of context all the time. But like it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. It's not saying that 
what we go through on Earth will be easy, or even from an earthly perspective, good. But it will be for our eternal good. And so I think to marry that idea to my flawed perception of trusting in God, like, I need to trust that what he wants for me is actually better. Because if you think about it, this is going to be such a small speck on the entire timeline of our lives. Like, eternity is forever. We can't even comprehend that. And so I don't know if, if like, what you did back in middle school, but for me, like, I played middle school basketball. Mm-hmm. And it was the most important thing to me at the time. And I sure. poured my heart and soul into that stuff, man. And now... I don't, I don't care about that at all. Like I look back and I'm like, well, why did that matter so much to me in this grand scheme of eternity? Like when we get to heaven, like I don't want to look back on this life and feel the exact same way that I feel about my middle school basketball career. Like it's one of those things that we could spend it trusting in God and trusting in his plan for our lives. And instead of bogging ourselves down in the worry of maybe this plan is not going to be the same as mine living in the freedom of his plan for our lives. And God is going to do incredible things. We're going to see God work in incredible ways. And we essentially handicap ourselves. And so I just think that we got to surrender it, man. We've got to lay down our own plans for our lives because, and I'm not trying to advocate for just go through life doing whatever, like there needs to be an element of, of care, right? But it can't be us relying on ourselves at the end of the day. But that's easier said than done. It is very hard to surrender. But once again, it's that sanctification process every single day. Like we just need to surrender it to God and he's going to take care of all the rest. Yeah. And I would also add that surrendering to God is not this passive process in the way of it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, an army surrendering in the middle of a battle. It's it's a very active process process oh for sure it's it requires enough spiritual discipline on your part for you to understand that his ways are better and also for you to have the patience and the diligence to really hear what his plans are for your life and i know i mean for me personally i don't know if i can ever like specifically say that like there was one point where i just knew that i was hearing the voice of god But what I can say for sure is that I felt the peace of God when Mm -hmm. I have followed his will. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's just more more common for people, maybe. I I might just be projecting there, but that's just, that's for me personally, is is that peace of God that I see after running after him. And that only comes after running after him. Because I can go and make whatever plans I want to, but nine times out of ten, actually more than nine times out of ten, they're going to fail and it's going to cause me to fall on my face. But but yeah, just trusting in God really requires that constant, patient diligence to go and realize that his ways are better. And through prayer and supplication, like you were talking about, then he will see you through. I think a lot you were talking about, of course, the story of Abraham um, going to all that. I think even in terms of Jesus with his disciples, where he turns the fishermen into fishers of men. It's where they did not have that as being their, I guess, the purpose that they thought was set out for them for the rest of their lives. But in the but in a way, it was. 
they were just doing something different and ultimately something for a higher purpose. And I just, I really hope that I can run after God's call in the same exact way that they do because they don't hesitate. They just go and they lay down their nets and they follow after Jesus. And so I don't know. I mean, to do that practically in life, I feel like we're just like, oh, there's so much going on in my life right now. Like there's no way that I would ever be able to just run after God in that way. But I was like, well, if that means the difference between your salvation or your eternal damnation, I feel like I feel like there's quite a reason to go and run after. Yeah, and think about that statement that you just made too. Like if that's where you're at in life, like that's a really, really tough place to be because as Christians, we're not called to just half-heartedly follow after God. I mean, what does the Lord say in Revelation? Like either be hot or cold, like or else I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Like mm-hmm. that's strong language. It's very strong. <laughs> and that's, it's not an optional thing. It's not like, yeah, you can, you can run after me hard if you feel like it. No, like we're called to run after the Lord hard because he has saved us from that eternal damnation that you've mentioned. Like it's not an optional thing and it is, it should be the only thing. And so I would just challenge like the listeners, like if this is where you are, if you feel like you're in a situation where it is really, really hard for you to run after the Lord, I would strongly encourage you to just sit down, spend some time in prayer and just listen to the Lord and let him reprioritize your life because that is not what you've been called to be doing. And it might sound harsh, but we are not here to have the career necessarily, the family, like the money, all of that stuff. We're here to glorify God. And if glorifying God like through his plan for our lives means having those things, great. If it means having completely different things, also great. We've just got to accept that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. I guess uh, going back to a little bit of a personal note here. So do you feel like you have any specific experiences in your life that come to mind where you just feel like God really delivered you from some worry? Because I feel like, as I touched on literally the first week of this podcast, the power of testimony is a very incredible thing because as humans, we connect very well, not necessarily with abstract concepts such as the power of salvation or the power of trusting in God, but we connect very well with seeing someone else's experience. And I think like that's why it was so important that Jesus came in the form of man is because we were able to see the sacrifice that God made by not only putting himself up on a cross, but also at the same time coming in the form of man and enduring what was the human condition. And so I guess just to reiterate what I said, or is there anything that comes to mind for you that you can think of in terms of your own experiences? Yeah, actually. So this year has been a big battle with worry, but I feel like I've learned more about how to surrender to God than I ever have before. Like we often pray for experiences or we often pray for results like god give me patience or whatever virtue right what we don't want god to put us in circumstances where we have to develop that because that's how he often does it yeah i actually touched on that a few weeks ago how one of the best but most difficult prayers you can ever pray is for patience so yeah but continue yes so i um i went to get a physical right and they 
drew blood as they do like for a yearly physical just to make sure that there's nothing like going on or whatever and mm-hmm. my blood work came back and the lady walks in the room and she's like um like do you like drink a lot of alcohol and i'm like well well no she's like do you smoke and i'm like no she's like um well your numbers are like pretty off like something like what's going on here and so obviously being a big warrior who would identify as probably a hypochondriac i i think that I obsess over it enough that I would probably be in this camp. And this, this was really, really hard for me to hear because I was just hoping to get a clean bill of health and walk out. Right. And so they refer me to a hematologist and I go to this appointment and he's like, well, yeah, your numbers are weird. We should probably do some sort of like bone marrow biopsy to make sure that there's not something underlying here. And they were looking for a specific condition called polycythemia vera which is an uncontrolled replication of red blood cells. And it, it stems from a mutation in a certain genome. And it's, it's one of those things that then for the rest of your life, you have to go and donate blood every single month to make sure that your blood doesn't overproduce. And then like long-term with this condition, you can develop um, certain blood cancers. You're at a much higher risk for them because your bone marrow eventually becomes scarred. And so all of a sudden I'm like, well, crap. Like there's a chance that I actually do have something somewhat serious and I wasn't even expecting it. And so every step of the way, it felt like something was getting delayed in the process of like figuring this out. Like whether it was the bone marrow biopsy results being slow to come out or appointments getting shuffled around or whatever. And it was super stressful for me, but the Lord was working through all of it. And he finally just broke me down one night and just I didn't hear an audible voice from God, but he's like, you just got to surrender this to me. Like, why do you think I'm allowing you to walk through this right now? Because you don't trust me with your health. You don't trust me with this. And so I just, I surrendered it to God and thank goodness I don't have this condition. It is, the blood work is something to still be monitored, but thankfully there's not like a major underlying cause behind it as I've now realized. But Going through that was incredibly tough. And I realized that, I mean, who knows how long I'll go before like there's something else, right? Every person as they go through life is going to experience some sort of health issue. And God expects us to surrender all of them to him and to not worry about it. Because as long as there's breath in our lungs, there's a purpose for our life. There's a good song that I remember being back on Christian radio back in the day. Um, it's called Here for a Reason by Ashes Remain. Hmm amazing song but um yeah god expects us to even surrender that to him and mm-hmm. so going through this process wasn't fun but I'm, I'm thankful for it because i ultimately came out on the other side of it better off than i was because the lord actually put me in a situation where i had to trust him mm-hmm. and that that is something that i i pray that i maintain that perspective for the rest of my life because it's, it truly is freeing. Like the past couple of weeks, I've worried less about my health than I really ever have. And yet I had more of a reason to be worried than I really ever have. And th- it's it's an amazing feeling to know that just God's in control and ultimately he's going to work things out however he sees fit. Because ultimately for me, like I've, I've got to be okay with the fact that if he believes that I can glorify him the best from a hospital bed, then so be it. Or if he believes that I can glorify him the best in the workforce, so be it. 
right? We've got to be okay with whatever he has planned for our lives because ultimately it's not about us. It's about seeing lost souls get saved. Mm -hmm. And when we view it from that perspective, I think it changes everything. Wow. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for just sharing that story and your own experience there. I think that's, I think that's something that a lot of people, even if they've not necessarily gone through your exact situation can really relate to. I know for me personally, I've not dealt with a lot of personal health-based struggles, uh, but I've been surrounded by a lot of that in terms of my own family. And so, of course, that's the major reason for me wanting to go into medicine is to give people a little bit of that peace of mind that they don't necessarily have in something else. If I can be the hands and feet of Jesus in that way, then that's the way that I've personally seen healthcare providers be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus is by giving that peace. I think we we had talked a little bit when we'd been um, just chatting earlier in the week about how doctors make most of their money not by curing conditions, but rather by giving people peace. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just it's something cool to think about. But again, thank you so much for sharing problem, that. Man. And I'm I'm really happy to hear, of course, that things seem to be going a lot better, not only in terms of your physical condition, but also in terms of your um your worry condition, so to speak. Um but yeah. And a little story that I've heard, I guess not a story, but just like a, a picture of um what it's like to follow God. Like everybody hears about the mountaintop moments and they hear about the valleys. I've heard it said that the mountaintop moments are great and you feel amazing because you can see everything. But like when you're down in the valley, when you're surrounded by the mountains, the voice of God echoes and you can hear him so much more clearly. And so that's something that has definitely stuck with me through this time. And honestly, man, I'm, it was, it was annoying. It was frustrating. It was, painful at times but Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't trade it for the world because i learned more about god through the last month and a half than i had in Mm -hmm. a while oh yeah it's amazing how god uses even our greatest trials to teach us the greatest lessons i i personally believe that that is a true testament to our own faith as well in the way that we are tested not that you can't have faith if you're not tested but just that in the same way that iron sharpens iron, you know, that metal is refined by going through heat, that we are truly able to see the lessons that God is trying to teach us in those moments of brokenness, in those moments of worry, as we've mentioned, and in those moments of truly needing reliance on God. Because God can humble us in a big way and say, hey, listen, I'm going to show you that you really need me. Yeah, And so... I think it's a it's a really important thing that we get to see, especially in terms of the fact that God is our father and he is the one that is our provider. And like a father, he wants us to learn the lessons, even if they do end up being hard lessons. But he does everything for his own will and his mm-hmm. will is perfect and his will is good. Whereas I think I don't know about you, but I can definitely see that a lot of people's will in this world is not necessarily good and it's definitely not perfect. So, but anyways, again, thank you so much for sharing your experience there. I guess as we're kind of getting towards the end here, kind of to rope things around to just young men, I think it's, 
it's very difficult, I think, for a lot of young people, especially younger men or just men in general, to talk about what worries them because we're always supposed to put on this this air of strength and this air of, you know, invulnerability, so to speak. I don't think a lot of guys really like to talk about how they're feeling in the day, which, you know, I mean, it's, it's important for a guy to be strong and all of that, but it's important for anyone to be strong. But at the same time, it also requires a certain amount of strength to understand that you can't do everything on your own. And so with all that being said, why do you think it's so difficult specifically for men or younger men to talk about what worries them? I think it ultimately stems from societal pressures, mm. right? As, as men, and even though things were a lot different in the 21st century than they have been throughout history, right? Men are still supposed to be providers and there's still that expectation, right? Mm. And so I think that a lot of times based on what I've seen from guys in college and everything, they're trying to have their lives figured out. They're trying to have their stuff together because whether they're trying to impress the employer or impress the girl or whoever it is, I mean, we're just led to believe that a certain level of just steadfastness is a good thing. And steadfast, steadfastness in the Lord is incredible. Absolutely. But steadfastness in yourself to not reveal where you're struggling is really problematic and you can see the rise in anxiety and depression over these last couple of years and men struggle with it a lot too the issue is they're just not talking about it they're not being vulnerable they don't want to be because they view it as some sort of weakness whether they would admit that or not and i think that we need to start creating a culture where it's okay to talk about things that you're struggling with because to your point i mean there is a level of strength in revealing that right absolutely there there is a strength in weakness especially when in that weakness you're relying on the one true god to sustain you through it and so to narrow down a little bit even more to like guys in the church it seems like we take this idea of biblical masculinity to be like we have it all put together like running hard after the lord and because we're doing that like life is good. And that's not always the case. It's just not an accurate picture. We all go through things. We all struggle with things. And so I feel like when it comes to guys, we need to set an example for those around us and to be open about what we're struggling with. Because you never know who's around you and who's going to hear that. Because I can guarantee you God has put people in your life that are struggling with the same things that you are. And if you're bold enough to talk about them, then maybe they will be too. And then you can see the growth and that community, like God moves through that and he's going to help both of you work through it. But, mm -hmm. oh yeah, it definitely helps a lot. I think with accountability as well. I know that's something that we definitely talk a lot about through navigators and through a lot of the other ministries that I've been able to be a part of definitely helps a lot with that process. It's also very important, I think, to note that admitting that you do struggle with worry or like some sin or whatever that does not necessarily normalize whatever the sin is mm -hmm. it just more normalizes the fact that you are seeking help outside of yourself and ultimately seeking help from god because you realize that you can't do it on your own and that takes a sense of humility that requires a lot of strength because as you alluded to there 
pride being the first sin, the thing that ultimately separated us from God when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When all of that happened, we thought that we could do everything on our own, and it was in our weakness and the fact that we listened to what the serpent, Satan, had to say that we truly separated ourselves and made ourselves the weakest form of ourselves Mm -hmm. by having that separation from God. But it's only by having the humility to understand that it's in God we can find our strength, that we truly show our own faith and how strong that is in the Lord. And so I think that's something that something that I've really had to wrestle with a lot and I, something that I believe a lot of young people, whether they be young men or even just anyone in general can really relate to because it's pride is a natural part of the human condition after all. Unfortunately. And it, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the Scarlet letter. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, um, or at least bits and pieces of it. It's so if you guys haven't ever read this book, it's all about this woman named Hester. I believe that's her name. It's been a while since I read it. It was back it's in high good. school. But um, she's caught in the act of adultery, and then she's forced to wear a giant A on her chest to show that she was an adulteress, right? And so she goes about her lives, and she's stigmatized and everything. And I feel like for young men, that's what we think is going to happen if we talk about dealing with anxiety or depression or even sin struggles or like dealing with some sort of worry. I think that we're afraid of what people are going to think about us. But in reality, like that's just an irrational thought because the Bible promises us that we're not going through anything that nobody else is going through. Mm-hmm. And you're going to actually find a lot more support in being vulnerable about whatever you're going through than you would find ridicule. Hopefully you don't find any ridicule for being honest and talking about your struggles, but I would hope and pray and believe that you won't and you'll find more of a community and like you said Trey, accountability because that's what we really really need i mean the bible calls us to confess our sins to confess our struggles because there's no strength in isolation right at all and that's one of the main reasons why we live in gospel-centered community anyways is so that way we can exist within a body of believers that not only think and believe the same way that we do, but also want to help spur us on in the faith. That's why we have elders of the church that are their responsibility is to go and to speak with people that they see may be causing problems within the church, whether it be their own personal sins that they don't want to bleed over to other people, to help people out when they see someone who's not as far along in their gospel-centered journey, so to speak, see someone that might be dealing with something that they dealt with a long time ago to give them some of that wisdom. And I think that being able to foster that community that is that is focused on not necessarily promoting worry in the way that it's okay to be the victim, but rather promoting worry in the way that it's okay to be humble about the fact that you do face that and that God is the one who can ultimately conquer it. I think that that is the, I think that's the way that we should go about this, especially in modern society for anyone, whether you're a young man out there or just whoever's listening Mm -hmm. to this episode. Yep. 
And so just to close one thing, uh, what would you say would be one piece of advice that you would give for someone who is either struggling with worry or maybe even if they're worried about a sin that they're dealing with, just whatever it might be, what would be that piece of advice that you would give? Well, just know, first of all, that you're not alone in this struggle. Like, I'm sure you're surrounded by plenty of people who are more than willing to walk alongside you. But if they don't know what you're going through, how are they supposed to be able to help you, right? God calls us to expose these things. And so I would encourage you just go and find a trusted friend or a mentor or somebody in your church that can help you out, who has a little bit more experience with living life. Like, go to them, confess it, and just listen to what they say. And my prayer would be that they would be able to um, help guide you and give you wise counsel on that. But also just when it comes to worry, knowing that you've got to surrender it to God, like we're not called to live in a state of worry. Worry is not a good thing. Jesus warns us so harshly against it. And Trey talked about Matthew 6 earlier, like most of that chapter is talking about worry because it's such a huge issue. Like as Christians, we're not supposed to dwell on it. We're not called to be apathetic. But we're certainly not called to be in a state of worry consistently. So I would just say, surrender it to the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, once again, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Like, if you make that your prayer, and you truly live that out, God will give you all the strength that you will ever need to overcome this battle. Because... He loves you and he doesn't want you to be confined, be confounded to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. He's called you to so much more. And as soon as you can throw off this chain, you're going to see God doing incredible wonders through your life. Absolutely. Amen to that. Well, again, Luke, I just want to thank you so very much for just agreeing to come on here and just share a little bit of your wisdom and your experience with what it is to either be caught up in worry or just deal with the fears of the world and not let it overtake you rather Mm -hmm. to say that you're going to humble yourself enough to know that it is only through Christ that we can gain our strength and that by doing that, we can truly find the salvation and resolve that we need. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. But if you heard something today in the episode that you just really feel God weighing on your heart, or if you have any further questions, please just feel free to reach out to any of the social media platforms that this podcast is on. I'm on Instagram at The Blonde Commentary, also on TikTok at The Blonde Commentary. And just feel free to send us a message and we would love to talk with you and even just pray with you more about anything you've got going on. But as for next week, I'm not sure really what the subject is going to be about. But as always, that's the Blonde Commentary. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week.